listen You can hear their hearts beating Hello everyone, you're listening to American Indian Airwaves. For Marcus Lopez, I'm your host, Larry Smith. On today's program, Sacred Stage talks with Native playwrights and artists, an in-depth conversation with Ryan Pierce, founder of The Eagle Project, a theater company dedicated to exploring American identity through the performing arts, an in-depth conversation on the importance and the rise of Native theater and playwrights. You're listening to American Indian Airwaves. You can hear when the moon shines bright The lone blue elk in the black of the night You can hear, you can hear The whisper in the valley mm-hmm. And you know when come a cunny blow Today on American Indian Airwaves, we continue our special series programming on Sacred Stage Talk with Native Playwrights and Artists. For today's episode, I am joined by guest co-host Albert Abbey Ybarra from the Yaqui Nation. He is a Project Indigenous member, environmental education specialist, actor, and musician, and listeners of American Indian Airwaves will recall he was our first interview in this ongoing special series, Sacred Stage, Talks with Native Playwrights and Artists. For the hour, we have the honor and privilege of speaking with Ryan Victor Pierce, or Opalanatat, who is a member of the Nanakoke Lenny Lenape Nation, located in New Jersey. He graduated from New York's University School Tisch School of the Arts. He has performed in workshops and productions at such renowned New York theatrical institutions as New Dramatist, La Mama ETC, and New York City Opera at the Lincoln Center. He is also the founder of The Eagle Project in 2012. The Eagle Project is a theater company dedicated to exploring the American identity through the performing arts and our Native American heritage. In 2020, The Eagle Project collaborated with the American Indian Community House of New York City and First Nations Theater Guild to create the Native Theater Thursdays, a virtual reading series of the new Native work. He is a longtime Indigenous theater arts and activist, and we have the honor of interviewing him about Indigenous playwrights and artists in the performing arts. And now, Ryan Victor Pierce, Opalanatat, on Sacred Stage, talks with Native playwrights and artists with guest co-host Albert Abiyabara. As a, as a long-term uh, actor and producer of plays in New York, what's going on with Native theater, and, and you know, how do you see Native theater? Well, sure. Well, first of all, I want to say, uh, you know, Kwangdamel, Muhammad, greetings to everyone, and, and Wanishi, thank you 
to everyone for having me uh, be here. It's an honor to be here on, on American Indian Airwaves. And I'm coming to you from the island of Manhattan, as Abby said, in, in what is also called New York City uh, right now. So, uh, so, yes, I mean, I would say in terms of where Native Theater is, is now, um, it, it's, a, it's a pretty exciting time in many ways. I mean, it, it's obviously due to the pandemic, it's a time of flux, I think, for theater in general. And, uh, but the combination of the pandemic, the gross income inequality, and now climate change, I think is, is forcing everyone, um, at least temporarily, I, I hope it's longer term, but at least temporarily, to, uh, to try to, to turn to and find um, a different kind of philosophy, different kind of stories, and a, different kind of, and a different sense of who we are and who we can be. And as a result, I think there are many theaters that are looking to, uh, to Native stories and Native theater as, as a new way forward or, or as at least a way, or at least a way to uh, make us maybe feel better about ourselves and to provide some new insight as to what an alternative, um, an alternative mode of thinking, working, and way of being may be. Now, um, now once again, you know, change, especially in the United States, as many people know, and certainly natives know, um, you know, comes slow. It comes in fits and starts, and and for every you know two steps forward, there are at times a giant step backwards. So, this is by no means, I think, a way of like, oh, we've turned a corner and everything's going to be better now. But at least there there is some some change in hope in in the rhetoric, in some small steps, in in I would say, um, you know, more uh, financially endowed white-owned institutions trying to open the door. To, um, to to native artists and native theater in terms of doing programming and instituting programming in those spaces and there are and I can say since I'm also in you know, I am the founder of Eagle Project and artistic director of Eagle Project we have been working with T- TCG and trying to implement a program that will uh, give some direct uh, operational support to uh, to native organizations and, and as well as some other organizations of color so. So there are um, there are some programming in, programming in the work in the work to, to you know hopefully create a, a new uh, a new dynamic and and uh, financially healthy uh, native uh, native theater going forward. You know, Ryan, when I mention the word native theater, you know, I'll tell people, yes, I work in New York, uh, and they go, oh, they think of Broadway and the main stages. So, in your words, you know, what does native theater do that? the main stage or the main street plays do not offer to Native communities? Uh, sure. Well, first, um, you know, Native theater, uh, especially for a Native person, like you see, you see stories and people that, that look like you and have your experiences on stage. You know, I would say the, you know, the, the more Euro-American um, conventional theater, especially Broadway, you know, they, they still in many ways operate via stereotypes. Um, it may be getting a little better on the margins, but by and large, they still go by by stereotypical images of the way people um, behave and operate and look. And so, native theater totally takes a sledgehammer to that and and gets to um, what I feel is some is some real truth, some real truth as to as to the history of this land that we call Turtle Island, uh, or is Turtle Island um, the history of of the you know this country that's also called the United States of America. And also um, the history and present uh, of our of our uh, of our native community, because you know historically we have not been represented uh, on on the American stage, especially the Broadway stage. 
and if and when we do, it, it's always in, in specific uh, stereotypes that are often from you know the old West frontier days of the late um, of the late nineteenth century. So native theater offers a, a, a huge um, a huge difference and a huge uh, break from that. And also, I think increasingly, um, native theater also offers and can offer even more. I believe a new a new essence of what theater is and and can be in terms of you know a more democratic way of, of opening up the doors and letting anybody come in and partake in native theater and native uh, storytelling and performing arts you know also in terms of where the theater where the performance is held you know, it doesn't have to be in necessarily a, an elaborate uh, proscenium theater um, but you know it can be in the round it can be outside it can be in a field it can be in the woods it can be you know, a, a part of our a part of our environment. So I, I think native theater can be more elastic, and 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 more adaptive to to certain to certain circumstances. You know, one could argue that historically, sometimes it was because, well, given given our our you know less financial means, we have to be more creative in terms of doing it, which is true. But there is also a lot can be said for for the value of the art and and the message of the art. Um, in being more creative in terms of um, both in terms of, of um, space and 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 different modes of uh, storytelling. So uh, you're saying theater is not only performing and, and uh, providing entertainment, but it's also providing that rich history, the the true native story about the United States or Turtle Island, as it as it were. Uh, knowing that or having said that, you know. What's your what's your what's your best view on on what's happening in native theater today? Uh, I know uh, an old actor like myself. I had to wait, you know, half my life before I found native theater, and I that's what I've dedicated the rest of my my work to uh, become part of is native theater. And so, in your words, you know, where do you see native theater uh, going from from this point? Well, I. I would say that in terms of going from here, there there are many different there are many different avenues of which it could take, and 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 I don't know if you know if there's any one particular viewpoint or or if there's any one particular answer. I I think and you know and I think maybe in some ways people are trying to go down down more than one path, which is which is fine. I mean we as we as natives right always have to try to operate and live in in two worlds. You know certainly certainly more than one world, but I. I tend to think ultimately native theater needs to needs to go down a path that I, I and I'm, I'm totally paraphrasing, but I'll do my best of trying to paraphrase the the late uh, Bill Yellowrobe, William S. Yellowrobe Jr. You know, unfortunately, you know, uh, left a, you know passed away you know, early this summer. Um, but you know, in a way, he said that you know, with native theater, we in essence, you know, we need to be the bedrock of native theater. We can't count on anyone else. Um, you know, we don't, we can't count on on the Euro, um, um, the, the Euro American theater to take us under under their wing and and welcome us and and open their arms to us and all that. You know, I mean, look, if some of that happens, you know, fine, that's great. But we we need to work together as Native artists in solidarity to to create a sustainable Native theater that works for us. And I and I think you know there are. There are um, some hopeful seeds of, the, of that being planted. I mean, just I'll use it as an example. Personally, with my company, Eagle Project, working with, um, well, last year with the American Indian Community House and now with a new uh, organization, the North American 
theaters, I'm sorry, North American Indigenous Center of New York, you know, working with these organizations in terms of uh, collaborating with them and putting our resources both both in terms of, of artistic prowess and, and finances to, to create Native theater that's for us and by us. And, um, and look, you know, if, if some, if some well, if well-intentioned and well-meaning allies want to come aboard, well, that's great, and, and, and hopefully that is the case. But in the end, it is Native theater that's by us and, and for us, and I think that needs to be the bedrock. I think beyond that, we do need to, you know, kind of the, the topping, if you will, would be to, yes, we, we work with other allies, get them involved, and, uh, and you know, and then, yes, you know, continue cracking at, at those, those well-endowed foundations and, and Euro-American theaters. Um, but the, but the, the bedrock, the, the base, uh, needs to be um, solidarity uh, amongst, our, amongst ourselves and our, and our Native organizations. Is there is there a place that one particular place or a number of locations that are are currently uh, training more native writers? It seems uh, in the last five six years, I've seen a, a proliferation of uh, of new writers coming forth with new plays and new works and very very creative ways to perform these plays, not only in main stage but also in community theater. Is there is there something happening that? That's going on that maybe we could talk about here about native writers. Uh, well, sure, absolutely. Well, first of all, I mean, you know, in terms of um, once again, I'm I'm talking to you from the East Coast, so I know more of what's happening here um, in in the northeastern part of Turtle Island and the East Coast. But I mean, I know um, you know companies like mine, Eagle Project. We have our Hatch series uh, where we do some new plays, um, you know, every year, and you you can email us at Eagle Project Arts at gmail.com, or you can look us up at eagleprojectarts.org. That's our website. There's also, you know, Amarinda, um, you know, founded and up and run by Diane Frebs that's been in New York since the 1980s, that's been developing um, new new native theater. And so, uh, and so people can submit plays, you know, rolling submissions. You know, there's no particular deadline or no particular, you know, schedule, but we certainly look at them. We, we, we look at them. And, and those that we feel that we that we like and can uh, do um, a, uh, a reading or a stage reading, and now with you know with, in the era of COVID, it needs to be a virtual. Um, you know, we, we will certainly um, you know help them make that happen. It's writer based, depending on wherever the writer is and and, and, and his or her or their work. We we put our elbow grease in there to uh, to help make it happen. Um, in addition to negative native organizations, yes, I mean recently there have been. Uh, some other organizations that that have taken to developing uh, native writers, or at least opening their door to include native writers, uh, where that has not happened much before. Um, certainly, Vicky Ramirez uh, um, has been has been uh, taken in with the New Dramatist, uh, which is a, a very reputable um, uh, playwriting group here in New York City. Um, I, I was proud and honored to be on on the admissions committee for that in one year. And you're listening to American Indian Airwaves. We're speaking with Ryan Victor Pierce, Opalanatet. He is our guest for the hour on our ongoing special series, Sacred Stage, Talks with Native Playwrights and Artists. I'm joined by guest co-host Albert Abby Yabara. And now back to the interview. Also, the um, Emerging Writers at the Public Theater, which has been around for I think a little, around a decade now, roughly a little more than a decade. Um, they have also um, had some great writers come out of that, including uh, Vicky Ramirez and, and, and Mary Catherine Nagel. 
uh, Playwrights Horizons a couple of years ago had a um, uh, did a full production of um, one of the first full productions, I believe, of a native playwright off Broadway. It was uh, a Larissa Fast Horse. Uh, I think that was done um, in twenty. I believe it was twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. So yeah, so there are um, in, in addition to uh, to native organizations that continue to do um, uh, great work. There are other institutions that uh, that are partnering partnering with us in some ways as well as opening their other uh, resources to some native writers. Thank you. Um, so you've been in this business for a while, and uh, you've seen the ups and downs and, and also a, a growth of a native theater throughout the country. What is your vision uh, for native theater uh, and a native community in, in terms of using theater as a context? I mean, in terms of in terms of a vision, I mean, I, I think it, it would be, um, you know, I think first building on some of those things that... Um, I believe uh, Bill Yellowrub said about you know that that it needs to be you know first and foremost needs to be by us and for us and collaborating with other native organizations to help make things happen. Um, you know we kind of do the colonist job for them when we fight amongst ourselves for um, for scraps and, and to be you know the unicorn or, or or the token quote unquote token Indian or native if you will. So I think you know the the vision needs to be one where we work together. To um, to make things happen, um, not just here, you know, I am in New York City, but hopefully, hopefully nationwide. Um, I've had the privilege of, of you know working with and communicating in various capacities with a number of other wonderful Native artists from from around uh, from around the country, you know, including like I said with Diane Fair and Amarinda here in New York, but also with Rihanna Yazzie in the Native Theater in Minneapolis, um, you know, as well as the um, Native Voices at the Archery. Um, uh, in Los Angeles, and now under uh, leadership of uh, Yakawinahe Oaks, uh, the new uh, North American Indigenous Center uh, of New York. So, so, um, so I think you know it, it's that where we have a, a robust uh, infrastructure that continues to develop a new Native plays and and Native actors, Native designers, Native stage managers, so that 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 pool of, of talent. Is always is always there uh, for for artistic for artistic projects, and also infrastructure that's created so that native artists can can travel. You know that we can, you know, if there's an if a native artist that's in um, you know a more rural area, whether it's anywhere on Turtle Island, whether it's, you know it would be out west or down south or or even in the more rural places in the northeast or you know out on reservations, that that those opportunities are there for them. To to, uh, to to come to cities and and to, uh, and to and to develop their craft and and to perform and also infrastructure for us to go out there and bring native work out there. I think that was one thing with Native Theater Thursdays at Eagle Project that we did with then the American Indian Community House in New York City. The Native Theater Thursdays, which was a virtual uh, virtual reading series that that brought native work to all corners of Turtle Island, and and so. You know, hopefully we can continue that, but virtually and you know, and and in person in ways. So I think I think all that um, all that needs to all that needs to take place, and and to continue um, you know stretching you know our imagination as to what native theater you know can be. You know, we we can certainly uh, play in the more Euro-American style of of you know of you know a linear play on a proscenium stage, but it, it can take many other many other forms. And, and and many other ways, and you know, utilizing our traditional music and traditional dance, and and uh, you know, traditional design, and you know, doing performances, you know, outside, and 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 really, really stretching the boundaries of what native theater can be, so that we can make um, this uh, what's typically seen as a colonial art form and make it our own. And so that's really exciting stuff when you talk about 
going beyond a, a linear theater or a, a theater sense and, and making native theater uh, a source of information and and a song and dance using uh, the various, you know, hundreds of tribal stories and using their dance and their songs to, to share their, their, their stories, uh, stories that have not mm-hmm. been told to, to the major audiences. That's, that's great stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, do you have any, uh, with Eagle Project, do you have anything planned in the near future? Yes. Well, we are, we are looking to have a, a, um, a virtual performance that we're, that we're going to uh, show to everyone on our on our mailing list uh, email list uh, this well this month in September so we're looking to be like late summer early fall uh, when when we debut that um, and uh, you know we have done you know we're still in this kind of weird hybrid period where it's like okay are we in person are we virtual or well and I guess we're a little bit of both uh, right now obviously last year we were all virtual. Um, this year, we're kind of doing some live things that are being taped for a virtual audience. So we're going to be debuting one of those things uh, later this September. If you'd like to join our mailing list, uh, please go to uh, eagleprojectarts.org and go into co- under Contact Us. That's our website, and you will see how you can join our email list. Um, and we are in, currently in the works of looking into doing a, a full in-person production early or early early next year, either late winter, early spring. Um, that's still in the thought process. We want to see, uh, well, I guess we're, we're going to see where this, where this pandemic goes in the short term, but we, we are looking in, in terms of going back live in person um, fully at some point uh, at some point early next year. But, yeah, but, but be on the lookout for our, our virtual, uh, virtual work later this month and um, as well as uh, in person, you know, some things in person next year. Brian, you mentioned the name William Yellowrope Jr. Uh, earlier. He passed away for a long illness. And what does his loss mean to uh, Native theater and to the country at large, you know, to the, the Native communities nationwide? Oh, I, I mean, he's he was he was a giant in in Native theater, and I, sometimes I've put him as like you know the grandfather of Native theater, or you know at least to to many of us, I guess, in my generation. And um, I mean, he was always like a moral compass. As to um, as to what native theater um, should be, uh, what it can be, what it should avoid, and um, and it just he really he, he was an inspiration and also kind of you know a, a guidepost in a way that only a wise elder can be in terms of you know making sure that our intentions and aim and work are true, and and his stories are just wonderful. I mean, like and and they, they're so poetic, they're so beautiful. They're they can they're gut wrenching, um, and they're very funny and satirical at the same time. I mean, listening to him was better than any college course I, I can think of. And um, you know, I mean, he's definitely up there with like Hene Gayegama and Spider Woman Spider Woman Theater in terms of in terms of our our, our elders in the contemporary Native theater. And uh, and uh, I'll certainly do everything I can to uh, to make sure that his name and his work uh, lives long after him. Amazing, yes. Yes, it was a great loss, the uh, Yellow Rope. He's a friend of so many people, and uh, his, his of Native theater and Native community theater uh, seems to be the template uh, for many, many young uh, playwrights that are coming forward today. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you uh, both. And I was just curious, when we talk about 
native theater and native arts. You know, for a lot of people, they associate the Western construct of, you know, theater and arts and, you know, the whole colonial characterization of kind of feminizing the arts and, you know, the class or economic characterization that theater and arts has a, a very class bougie clientele and funding in terms of its political economy. But, you know, I was wondering maybe kind of come back and talk about the meaning of indigenous or native theater and arts and how that very much is a a decolonial expression, if you will, and that traditionally the arts and theater, ritual, drama, performative are very much a traditional part of indigenous peoples and their respective First Nations traditional cultural practices. So maybe if you can come back and talk about what indigenous or native theater and arts means from from that perspective and put it in conversation with, you know, disavowing settler colonial theater and arts, if you will, based on its colonial construct. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I guess kind of building off what I, what, yeah, what I mentioned earlier in terms of how um, you know the native theater, the native performing arts is, is a direct, um, a direct break mm-hmm. from from how we're, many Americans are, are brought up to look at theater and the arts. You know, I mean, everyone looks at Broadway and everyone says Broadway, and that's what we consider to be you know the pinnacle of theater. But like you know, the purpose of Broadway first and foremost is to make money for its shareholders. I mean that's that's what it is. I mean yes, some of the art there can be can be great and entertaining, but but in the end the purpose is to make money for shareholders. And whereas native theater is is about, you know, bringing communities together and and kind of um, you know, celebrating our culture and and kind of as as I've, you know, personally found, you know, in ways kind of, you know, excavating the culture for, you know, sometimes for yourself or for your community, and um, and just really, really getting back to the essence of, of, of who we are and, and our relationship to each other and our relationship to the land, and, and that's much bigger, much more personal than um, and communal than just, you know, making money for shareholders. You know, it's our, I mean, it's so ironic that, you know, Broadway, even the name of Broadway is taken from, you know, the Lenape, <laughs> Lenape Road, the the Broadway, um, that you know that that ran or still does runs down the length of Manhattan, but the essence of of native performing arts uh, much more communal and and for everyone in, in a way that that as you said you know the colonial Euro American style of theater is is much more for is much more about kind of being seen and 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 celebrity and and you know class conscious and and more of a, of of um, you know, very social class delineation rather than, or social class division, um, rather than um, celebrating all of us as one community and, and bringing us together. Thank you for that. I, I couldn't help but you mentioned Larissa Fasthorse, and I remember when she was working on her, her, her Urban Res play out here and talking about urban indigenous Los Angeles and um, just the kind of work that went into that creative artistic endeavor and and also um when when the play uh, did happen it was also very site specific so it wasn't fixed on a stage it took play took place at 
traditional places in Tongva Gabarino lands, and and it very much spoke to settler colonialism, but it incorporated the community, the larger indigenous community, the indigenous peoples, you know, from here, um, but also the larger urban native population, and it was also very um, interactive, right, as a uh, site specific location performance art and um i know she has a new play out um or last year on thanksgiving day and that critiqueness of whiteness and cellular colonialism right of of thanksgiving and and so when you talk about indigenous theater and the arts right the idea of place is so foundational to native theater mm-hmm. and arts and i was wondering maybe you know speak on that idea of place right um because so many of us you know myself included live in someone else's um some other indigenous nations lands as settler colonialists and, and albeit our relationship may be different um with the indigenous peoples of whose lands we occupy but talk about how important place is you know, in, in relationship to Native theater and arts, particularly for people uh, in Native and theater arts that live on someone else's lands? Sure. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I, um, I mean, me personally, I've, I've, I've lived in, in Lenape Hoking, um, you know, maybe some, di- maybe different parts of it, but I, I've lived somewhere in Lenape Hoking for the vast majority of my life and, and certainly my, my entire, uh, adult life. And so, um, I guess it's been part of my journey to yeah start to really incorporate the the aspects of of the land um, and which I do both both present and historical um, in in the stories that I've written uh, and the plays that I've written over the past few years uh, whether it's contemporary um, Manhattan Island or or New Jersey uh, or what is was now called New Jersey in the 1600s uh, 1700s. Um, and 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 what it is uh, and what it is today in that entire journey. So, so yeah, the 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 whole um, whether it be you know the 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 topography, you know, as, as our case not hoping, you know, the the trees, the vegetation, the wetlands, the marshland, the coastland, the coast, you know, all those things which are now under threat by climate change, you know, all that plays an enormous effect on on our work and and I would say on, on my work. I mean that's most of what I can speak of in my in my personal in my personal experience. Um, but um, I mean, and also I guess from what I have seen, I mean, many native playwrights that I've worked with that do live on other on, on another nation's land, you know, they they do have that reverence and respect to the other nations that that are there and that are indigenously there. So I, I think um, well, and I I would say as Lenape, at least historically, you know, we we for the most part always welcomed people from all over the world to our shores. Um, but that invitation comes with a responsibility to treat everyone and everything on this land with respect. And, of course, that directly goes against uh, the colonial uh, capitalist model. But I do believe that is the responsibility to be paid for, for living and working on, on, on someone else's land. And you're listening to American Indian Airwaves. We're speaking with Opalanatet Ryan Pierce, who's founder of the Eagle Project, a theater company dedicated to exploring the American identity through the performing arts and indigenous or Native American heritage. And that concludes the first segment of this two-part interview is part of our Sacred Stage Talks with Native Playwrights and Artists series. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. We will no longer hear your commands. 
slide your control from our lands Redirect the flame of our anger and pain And pity the shame for what you do in God's name And we will stand for the right to be free And we will rebuild our own society And we will sing, we will sing, we will sing our own song When the ancient drum rhythms ring The voice of our forefathers sing Buffy St. Marie, sing our own song off the album Medicine Songs here on American Indian Airwaves. In the final segment of today's program, we continue 
with our interview with Ryan Pierce Opalanatet. He is a member of the Nanakok Lenny Lenape Nation in New Jersey. He's a graduate of New York University's Tisch School of the Arts. He's performed in workshops and productions at such renowned New York theatrical institutions as New Dramatists, La Mama ETC, and New York City Opera at Lincoln Center. He is the founder of Eagle Project, a theater company dedicated to exploring the American identity through the performing arts and our Native American heritage. I am joined by guest host Albert Abbey Ybarra of the Yaki Nation as we continue with our interview with Opalanata on Sacred Stage, talks with Native playwrights and artists. Ryan, when we talk about the colonial theater and arts, um, how do they treat uh, indigenous theater and arts? We know colonial theater and arts historically has a legacy of objectification and debasing, but um, how does that apply when it comes to indigenous peoples? My experience, I guess, with, with more of the colonial uh, art is that, um, you know, look, there, there are some, uh, we have experienced some well-meaning people right. um, and allies mm-hmm. in, in the conventional um, Euro-American model. So there are, there, there, I, believe, I do believe there are some good people there. The system, however, it still is extremely problematic. And, mm-hmm. and by that I mean, like, they may invite us in there to, to do an event or do a workshop or a reading or something like that. But in many cases, it is so that they can, you know, cross off a diversity checklist and tell, and tell the, um, the, the foundations and grant makers that they already have a connection with that are also usually colonial and white-owned that, hey, see, see how diverse we are, see how inclusive we are. And then they, begin, and they get a big grant on that, and then the Native organization or our other organization of color in some, in, in some cases, many cases, you know, we don't get anything. So, so it's still a way of you know getting resources for ourselves, not really opening opening it up to a broader community. Again, I'll, I'll I'll emphasize that I think there are some well-meaning people that would like to break that in some of these institutions. But the institutions are still the institutions, and the system is still the system. So while I you know I'm I'm not saying that we shouldn't take these invitations, we still in the end have to. Uh, collaborate together um, to create the, the real native theater that that is for us and by us. This certainly connects to theater and arts just in in general, but um, I was just curious, you know, um, when it comes to theater and arts, do we see cases where indigenous uh, forms of artistic expression are being censored, either within, you know, native theater and arts um themselves, but also Native folks that are working within the settler colonial theater and arts uh, industry? And if there are cases of censorship, what does that look like? Well, I believe that censorship can take many different forms. I mean, right. I think one of the main essence of censorship is, is the kind of system and, and climate that, that, we're, that we're in and have been in for, you know, for an exceptionally long time, right, is that, right. you know, if, if you don't have the connections and the finances to, to, to do the work, that, you know, uh, then that is, in essence, a form of censorship, you know, you know, unless you have connection to the money, you're not going to be able to do your show. Now, we Native Theater, you know, we, we find ways to get the message out there, and we find other ways around it, but still, you know, it, it still is 
a form of censorship or, or not bringing native plays onto your main stage. You know, you bring them in to check a diversity box, but you may have them do a little, you know, program or performance, but, you know, you're not, you're not going to center them on your main stage. That is another essence to me, another, sense, another uh, method of censorship. And I have heard stories. Uh, I, I'm not going to, you know, I'll let individual artists speak for themselves. But, you know, I have heard stories of, of Native artists that have also worked in, in, in predominantly white-run and funded uh, institutions. And, and there has been aspects of, of censorship uh, in, their, uh, in, their, in their experience in running plays uh, within, these, within these institutions. Um, someone told me in, in an event that I did earlier this, earlier this year, um, they told me that they had to fight for my um, fight for. They had to fight for me to say what it is I wanted to say, uh, which is interesting because during the process I thought, oh wow, you know, this is actually interesting that I'm I'm being allowed to say everything that I want to say. I'm not being I'm not being censored. And then at the end, someone told me, you know, I did have to fight for you for that. So yeah, those, those are those are my thoughts on the many different ways that that censorship. Um, plays a role and, and threatens our work. I mean, I can't help but think, you know, that also um, elevates the importance of having Native theater and Native arts and and it being accessible for all Indigenous peoples um, that want to, you know, work in uh, Native theater and arts. And, and, and kind of just uh, playing off what Abby said in, in terms of his prior question, about the direction of native theater and arts, um, how much has changed, right? With the work, you're, you know, with your legacy and, and the work that you've done over the years, and, and maybe kind of come back to, you know, Abby's question and in responding to how much has changed in the direction and what it means for future native artists. Well, I mean, I I would say I would say I've noticed probably some of the most change since I've been doing this, mm-hmm. but just. Um, in the last uh, in the last couple of years, and certainly since the pandemic, I, I, I would say there there is you know the pandemic and at least certainly on the East Coast uh, has brought some of our native org- organizations together closer together in terms of trying to create work and, and join first forces both in terms of uh, artistic creation, labor, and finances. So so that so I think that that is definitely a positive. A positive outcome. There, there are some organizations that are trying to, you know, you know, crack their doors open to native artists, native theaters, to, to you know, doing events and and doing workshops and developing native writers and whatnot. So, some of that is also um, uh, some of that is also happening. So that's positive. And, and I think um, with the virtual um, networking that we've done or virtual programming that we've done, both in terms of our workshop playwriting series and and theater and and youth youth programming for native youth you know all those things have allowed us to to reach um corners of turtle island that we otherwise um you know did not have access or exposure to so i think all i think all all that is is good and so and where that goes you know you know remains to be seen whether this is uh unfortunately only a temporary thing and then we try to go back to the way things were before or if it, it is the start of something more long-lasting, I think that um, that remains to be seen. Um, in my time being in New York, you know, like uh, before the pandemic or before 2019, I mean, there was a there was a period where it, it was it was difficult in terms of trying to get a lot of native 
talent, especially young Native talent, in New York, in part just because of, of the cost of living here. You know, it really prohibits a lot of artists from moving here and working on their craft. And, and, uh, and so um, I do hope in the wake of the pandemic that other, through solidarity and other financial programming that's being created, um, that, that that changes the infrastructure and, allow, and, and allows that to, uh, to change. But there was, you know, the, 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 the vast capitalist income inequality was, having, was taking a toll, I feel, on, 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 the, on the, the breadth and, and scope of native talent that, that could be available to us. I'm starting to see a little bit of that change in the past couple of years, and I, I hope that continues. In speaking about the kind of the political economy of the industry, I can't help but think about, um, you know, copyright and how, you know, whether it be in the theater arts or the larger entertainment media industry, in their politics of inclusion, you know, of meeting their diversity quotas and incorporating elements or incorporating in indigenous stories that they copyright those stories. And, and I was wondering how much of... This idea of ownership of story, uh, story form of, of theater and arts uh, plays into this conversation. And how does Native theater and arts ensure that Indigenous peoples' forms of artistic expression and, and performative arts are not being co opted and, and, and stolen, if you will, through, uh, through copyright? And you're listening to American Indian Airwaves. We're speaking with Ryan Victor Pierce, Opalanatet. He is our guest for the hour on our ongoing special series, Sacred Stage, Talks with Native Playwrights and Artists. I'm joined by guest co-host Albert Abby Yabara. And now back to the interview. Yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, I mean that's always something that that needs to be that needs to be looked after, and and I think uh, I fortunately I I have not had or heard um, that happening so much recently in the, in the in the in the in the very recent present, but historically we certainly know that's been a massive problem, and and still and still continues to be a threat. What I would say is again, I guess coming back to that kind of solidarity where we work together. Both in terms of of ensuring our, our native artistic health, and um, but then also uh, protecting one another when one of us does go to the Euro American uh, <laughs> arena, and, and make sure that uh, together we protect each other's stories, and and seek um, you know native legal help or legal help together uh, should those uh, should those threats become you know rear their ugly head and, and become uh, a reality. This is Abby. I just wanted to say, uh, add that it's been my experience in the last five, six years that more and more theaters are being very forthright and professional when dealing with Native uh, writers and playwrights and putting on productions that they are doing their due diligence and uh, making sure contracts are signed with, uh, for, for copyright protections for the artists and the writers and for the and for the person uh, intellectual property they may have been using to write a play, so that is improving. And in, in, uh, I wasn't on the scene to know you know more in depth about you know years ago some of the stuff that happened. But I what I've seen witnessed is that more and more um, uh, theaters are doing the, the right thing and in, in, in working professionally with native playwrights uh, at the uh, Oregon Shakespeare Festival. 
Um, they've had a number of native plays here, and they've all done proper in the upper up on the on the east side and the public theater. Everything's been on the up and up. So I've seen some great uh, new theater come forward from from theaters and, and management companies that really want to protect the intellectual property of the plays they're producing for the community. I might want to add that uh, something that we don't think about in terms of uh, indigenous, you mentioned it earlier, Larry, but some of the indigenous things that we do theater also is equal to what I would consider ceremonies. In the ceremonies of the days past, we did ceremony for transferring knowledge uh, to remember things that we, our relationships with the, with the natural world, with life, and renewing and restoring balance. And I think, for me, Native theater um, uh, is producing that balance in our society. Um, the Native voice coming forward, uh, as it were, in the past, we didn't hear the Native voice, but now it's coming forward to, to create that balance, uh, our own history, creating uh, new partnerships so that uh, a more sense of a whole community will come forward after, as a result of, of the, the Native work that's going on in theaters. I guess by when we talk about Native theater and arts, and Ryan, um, and the work that you've been doing out there in Manhattan territories, and you know, out here I know um, there's a active, vibrant um, Native uh, playwright scene, um, you know, at the Autry or out here in, mm-hmm. in Los Angeles, California. But and then, uh, what about elsewhere on Turtle Island, right? Um, what's your your larger scope of kind of the act active um, uh, Native uh, playwright theaters that exist out there on Turtle Island within the politically defined borders? So, I mean, we tend to think of you know, L.A. and New York, to use the colonial references, right, as major um, entertainment, media, theater, arts center. But where else does Native theater arts ex- exist and, and is making strong inroads and in sub- uplifting indigenous voices in the arts? Well, I, I would say, I mean, just in my personal experience, um, I mean, I, you know, I certainly would always give a shout-out to Rihanna Yazzie in New Native Theater in Minneapolis. I know she's doing some in, in, incredible work and has always been uh, a, a good ally and someone I've always enjoyed um, both working with and, and, and talking with. So, and I, you know, she's in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So I, I definitely would say New Native Theater. And I've also had the, the privilege of um, seeing some Native Theater. I think it was at the University of Arizona. There was a Native community there that was doing a, a Native play um, in Arizona. So I would say around, around the Phoenix uh, metro area. Uh, the native communities uh, there seem to have a vibrant, uh, a vibrant native theater scene. So um, those are, you know, th- those are two that I've I've had the privilege of being um, of being privy to. I'm fairly positive there there are others. Uh, um, many of the colleagues that that we've worked with have talked about the some of the native theater going on, um, both in Tulsa, I think Tulsa, Oklahoma, and, and Oklahoma City. So um, so I've also have heard of native theater there. And um, so, yeah, I mean, those, those, those are the, the ones that I'm, that I'm most aware of. Um, I do know that there are, that there, there are some um, good Native companies, um, you know, in, in Canada, in, in both in, in Toronto and Vancouver. Um, and, of course, you know, in, in Canada you're dealing with a whole different, uh, even though we may share some similar nations, you know, on the other side of the northern border, 
um, the, the financing is that it's a very different system uh, up there than here. Um, but I also know, you know, they have Native and First Nations, uh, a lot of Native First Nations work in theater um, up there. Abby, did you want to add to that or have a follow-up question or both? Yeah, I, I just wanted to add that uh, the universities on the East Coast are also, and the West Coast, are also very active in putting on and producing uh, plays by Native uh, playwrights as a way of uh, you know, part of the educational process. I know Yale University has a program specifically for uh, upcoming uh, uh, Native writers. University of New Hampshire uh, has produced plays. The University of Maine, where uh, Bill Yellow Road worked. Uh, they were all involved in, in, in all trying to be a base uh, of location where, where there's new, uh, new new writers can, and can have a basis to a base to work from. So there are things changing, improving. I, I like Ryan says. I hope it's for the best, and uh, you know it continues. I, I I have a sense that it will continue, especially when it comes to uh, the, the the things that we're facing in society as a, as a whole, global the climate change and things of that nature brings forth more uh, sensibilities of people and they're open to, to hear new information, new stories. And a lot of the Native stories are playing directly for the climate change audiences because they're finding out that there's information that's been there all along. And sometimes uh, it comes out in Native works, talking about um, creation stories that weren't just stories, but it was you know, some kind of uh, obs observational history that was written down and it turned into a story that nobody understood until, you know, 2021. So there's some, there's some great things happening in the minds and, and, and senses of, of this country. And I'm looking forward to, to a more positive, uh, you know, things happening. I, 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 it can't get any worse. <laughs> <laughs> Abby, did you want to ask uh, Ryan a uh, follow-up question? Ryan, is, is, we've, we've done a lot of talking here, and if there's anything that, that we've missed that, that would that lend to the sense of, uh, the state of, of, of uh, Native theater in, in the Turtle Island, uh, would you have anything to comment on? I, I think we did a pretty good job of, 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 of summing it up or at, um, at the present time. I mean, I, I would say, um, again, kind of, you know, building off of um, what I've heard Bill say over many years is that, um, you know, to all the Native artists out there, we, we need your stories. We need, we need your stories. We need your experiences and your your artistic um, bravery and, and energy and inspiration. Um, you know, so so you know, get out there and and you know, it's not necessarily about all the training and and Broadway and fame and all that. It's just about you writing your story and and sharing it and and all of us working together to develop it and, and, and bring it life. I mean that's. You know that's what it's all about. Our theater is uh, our theater is about us, not about shareholders. It's about us, and it's about our our environment and our land, and um, and however we can you know get that out there. That that is um, you know that is that is what's most important. If if I can play off Abby's question is, um, you know, what would be the message to the youth? Right in in terms of what you've already stated, upcoming indigenous uh, young indigenous aspiring uh, native artists that um, you know want want to um, be proactive in the theater, native theater and arts as part of who they are and as part of the next generation. What would be your message to them? Well, my message would be to um, if you know if you're not already 
you know, treasure your elders and, 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 t- and talk to them, you know, like really get to know um, their experiences, their wisdom, and, and because, you know, there, there are links to, to the past, and, and they feed who we are today, and then, um, and then you know, um, write down your stories and experiences because, you know, you are our, our present and our future. So, so then years down the line, when, when you're an elder, you can pass on your stories and your experience to the next generation. And so I think, you know, that, that, you know, that, that's the most of, of, of what I can say is in terms of, you know, work, Work all aspects of, of your artistic creation, you know, performing, dancing, singing, writing. You know, in many cases, our, our um, you know, the, the Euro-American model kind of, you know, wants people to, like, you know, kind of focus on one thing. And, and look, I always believe it's great to have kind of, like, you know, a, a strength or, or a strength or two. But, but embrace and, and expose yourself to all those things, to all aspects of performing, because as natives, you know, we... You know, we need to do that for each other. The moment of silence is over. And that was Ryan Victor Pierce Opalanatet. He is a member of the Nanakok Lenny Lenape Nation in New Jersey. He was our guest for the hour, is part of our special series, Sacred Stage Talks with Native Playwrights and Artists. And that concludes our show for today here on American Indian Airwaves. A special thank you to our guests, Ryan Victor Pierce, Opalanatet of the Eagle Projects. For more information on the Eagle Project, a theater company dedicated to indigenous peoples, you can visit their website at eagleprojectarts.org. A special thank you to our musical guests, Aragon Star, Koopa Aina, Buffy St. Marie, and the band Blackfire. A special thank you to our guest co-host, Albert Abbey Yabara. American Indian Airwaves is mixed and mastered in the studio of Burnt Swamp Studio in Signal Hill, California. For Marcus Lopez, I've been your host for the hour, Larry Smith. Until next time. The blood never comes clean from the guilty minds, nor the hands that hold the chains. Silence is over.